Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard Entertainment and the games that it puts out. I'm your host, Matt Rossi, and with me this week are two fantabulous co-hosts. First up, he's going to get my shoulders before I do, and it will irritate me to no end, Mitch, Mitch, Mitchell. Hey, Mitch. What's up? Hey. Hey, Mitch is a character in the Hunger Games, too, so every time someone says that, I get a kick out of that. Okay. That's what you're doing? No, that's not what I'm doing. I'm getting your shoulders soon, as soon as this kite takes me to where I need to go. I swear to God, if you get them, I will I will murder you. I won't say anything if I get them. Just don't watch chat in the next, like, ten minutes. Okay. I might say so, something. I'm, I'm so tempted to just leave right now. <laughs> but I can't. Who's the other we're co-host? We're doing another show, and hopefully she won't get my shoulders, too, before we get started. Uh, and you don't even play a plate wearer, right? I do not play a plate wearer, and I can safely God. say that I have never seen your shoulders drop from Orcus. Oh, thank God. Ever. I know people have, usually paladins, because paladins can't wait to tell me when they get them, even to this day. <laughs> people, I don't, you know, paladins will just, you know, te- t- tweet me, oh, hey, I got your shoulders. Like, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> ah, these shoulders. I've killed Ordos, like, pretty much once a week since he came out. Still no shoulders. They have my name on them, and I, they won't drop for me. So... It's going to turn into yet another Ashkandi thing where I had to kill that guy for seven years straight before he dropped it. Uh, but anyway, Anne, what have you been up to this week? Since we didn't actually even introduce you with Anne Stickney, she does everything. She's practically running the site by herself. For, you know, I was busy. Wow. I was Damn. busy. I was not in town. We missed our show last week, and I apologize for that. But I was out of town. I was visiting Blizzard, actually. And that was fun. I got to see a bunch of stuff. The Tracer statue is really big. It's like way bigger than you'd think it would be. You think it's big when you see photos of it, but in person, it's way bigger than that. Um, Anyway, so I did that. I checked out E3. Um, It was a convention. (laughs) I said hello to Fox Van Allen. He says hello. Huh? Did you play any games there? I played Sonic. I played Sonic. Oh, that's right. Okay. And um, it was Sonic. That's yeah, kind of hard okay. to, you know. Although they have managed to to mess oh, up the Sonic franchise from yeah. time they, they have the whole but... new Sonic character look with the really long legs, and they're like, it's new Sonic, and then everyone hated it, and now it's no longer a thing. Yeah, this one was just, it was, I mean, the guy who was at the demo station, he was trying to tell me how to use the controller, which was probably good, because I don't play console games. Like, I'm a PC gamer. I don't usually play the console much at all, so... He handed me the controller. I'm like, okay, what does this button do? So I'm running around and just, you know, running into spikes and things because I don't know which button makes me jump. And once I figured it out, it was fine. It was just until then, the guy standing next to me had this look on his face that was almost pained because I was playing (laughs) that badly. (laughs) What console was it on? Uh, I want to say, I don't remember. I think it was... There's three, so... Huh? <laughs> There's three of them. No, it had to. It had to have been the PlayStation because the Xbox controllers look different. So this one, okay. this, it was like a smaller black controller, and it looked like a wasn't PlayStation a Switch. Tr- the triggers. No, it was not a Switch. Um, Didn't actually, try out Odyssey. I went and no, I did not try out Odyssey. Fox tried out Odyssey. He liked it a lot. And then I visited with Fox at his home, and he had a Switch, so I got to play Mario Kart with him. Um, oh, nice. The Switch is. A ridiculously fun console. I, I didn't quite get it until I had it in my hands and I was playing it. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I get it now. This is great. We were going to play Splatoon 2, but he couldn't find the disc. Anyway. Uh, um, wait, let's 
Wait, Splatoon 2 or Splatoon also? Splatoon as well, not Splatoon okay. 2 because that's not out yet. Well, I was like, man, Fox has some connections. No. CBS is really working out for him <laughs> on the Nintendo front. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, E3 was entertaining. Blizzard was great. I had a lot of fun while I was out there. I met uh, Jesse from the Lost Codex, and I also met Necro- Matt, a.k.a. Necroxis. Um, both of them do YouTube stuff, lore stuff. So it was cool hanging out with them and having late night lore conversations kind of like we do in Slack, only face to face. So that was cool. Hmm. Um, and then I came back here and immediately jumped into 7.2.5 because I hadn't actually like played any of it yet. I didn't, I had to wait for it to install when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Because I left on Sunday. I wasn't there when it, when it dropped on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, see, I'm really bad. I just leave my computer on all the time. Yeah, so I don't. Stuff. I don't do that when I'm not here, and I wasn't going to be here for a week. So, it, you know, turn your computer off, give it a break. That's what I do. So, yeah, um, that was kind of my week. When I came back, I played through the Kuromi scenario. I have not made it all the way through it. Um, I'm still working on that process, but I'm enjoying that one a lot. It's been a while since we've had solo really content, go- really good solo content. I mean, like really good solo content. And this is this is amazing what they're doing here um i love how the story kind of facilitates how you have to repeat it over and over again so it doesn't feel like a setback when you don't do it it feels like okay now i got it i made it this far now it's like a progressive thing i don't know anyway you guys need to play through it (laughs) i i I did see the the preview that they did on the q a and i was totally like oh wow this is a lot cooler than i expected and i wasn't you know expecting it to be bad or anything but it just seems really cool, and I just haven't had a chance to try it yet, but yeah. I want to. I'm just going to ask this because despite the fact that I work for a, a Blizzard site, I somehow managed to not have this information. How does one start the scenario? Uh, Cadgar has a quest for you. Okay. Go to, go well, to do Violet. Do I have to get near him? Yeah, just go to the Violet Citadel in Okay, Dalaran. so not the Broken Shore Cadgar. No, don't, no, not Broken Shore Cadgar. Go to the Violet Citadel and Cadgar there. It's either... Does, is it Cadgar? No, wait. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you it's just Cadgar. open your adventure you guide it. and it should... You, should... you should be able to just go into Violet Citadel and he'll have another quest and he says, hey, go check out what Chromie's doing and then you go find yeah. it. Or, or just open your... Uh, I don't know. You might be able to open your adventure guide. You can open the adventure guide too, but what it does is he'll send you... He's... He sends you to Wormrest Temple in Northrend and uh, you can take a portal. There's a portal down below in Dalaran in the Mage Tower. In that portal Everyone forgets area. about those portals. Huh? I Everyone don't. forgets I'm about those portals. I'm always doing the old content, so no, I don't. I know what they're there. I well, forget that they're there until they become relevant again suddenly, and then I'm like, oh yeah, those are there. I should use those. And then I promptly forget about them again. But regardless, once you do that, then you just talk to Kuromi, and she kind of leads you through everything. Right. It's not right, cool. It's not immediately obvious. You don't have somebody just pop up over your shoulder, tap you, and go, hey, Cadgar needs to talk to you. Which has been the the case in Legion so far. I just always assume he has to talk to me. Well, uh, I mean, I think he probably has something to say no matter what happens, you know? True. I I think that he's always got something, maybe not necessarily the most relevant thing to say. What have you been up to, Rossi? Because you didn't say. Oh, nothing at all. Let's talk about news. (laughs) (laughs) I've been up to trying to move us to news because that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, Necromancer Pack is out. Yeah, Necropanther Pack will be out for Diablo 3 next week, uh, the 27th, I think, so exactly one week from today. 
Yep. Um, and Mitch, you did the post for us, or did Alex? Alex, Alex did. The, but <laughs> Alex it releases, did the post. <laughs> yeah, it releases the twenty seventh, and it's fifteen dollars for. It was, it was actually funny story. Alex had just finished a post about like, oh, you know, we're getting two point six in July. The Necromancer is probably going to come right around that time. And as soon as he finished the post, Blizzard's like, yeah, Necromancer next week at seven a.m. Pacific. <laughs> it was it was classic. So you had to rewrite yeah. everything. Yeah, no, I just deleted this whole post and run a new one. Oh, yeah, I was that's there great. For that. But yeah, that's so. If you've been looking forward to the Necromancer in Diablo three, you get to play it next week for fifteen bucks, uh, which isn't too bad for what is essentially kind of an expansion, but not really. It's it, the two point six content you don't need the Necromancer for, and the two point six content there's a decent amount of stuff there, so. There's a bunch yeah, of I mean, new stuff that's happening there. I liked the whole idea of challenge rifts. I'm kind yeah, of looking forward to that because really that sounds like that sounds like a good time and something a little bit different for Diablo. Did you hear about those, Rossi? Very briefly, I did okay. hear about them. So the challenge rifts. What happens with those is that like once a week they take a screenshot of like a character that has just a random player that's been playing Diablo. And whoever that random character happens to be, they take a screenshot of a greater rift run that they that they beat, and they turn that into a challenge rift. And what you have to do is you take control, you play a replica of their character with their gear and their talent build, and you play through the exact same greater rift that they completed, and you have to beat their time. So it's not so much about how good are you at making you know a Diablo 3 character build it's more like how can you adapt to somebody else's Diablo 3 character build and can you you know beat what they did beat what they accomplished um and then of course, I'm gonna apologize know. in advance to everybody who ends up playing if, I, if this ever happens to be my character because <laughs> you will be you will not be challenged whatsoever and it will be re- pathetically ridiculously easy for you to beat my time and you'll be like that was lame he's awful <laughs> so I, I'm sorry in advance it just sounds like it's gonna be it's like a different spin, I guess. That's what I appreciate about it. Because you, 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 aren't, you aren't in control of the character that you get. You just get kind of like a pre-made character. And you have to adapt to using that character. And, you know, beat that established time. And, of course, you know, if you beat it, you get loot. And the loot, you can claim it on any, any of your characters that you want. You just log into your character, take it out of the in-game mail system, and it's all good. But yeah, that's 2.6. That's got nothing to do with the Necromancer. The Necromancer DLC is kind of its own thing. So yeah, both of these things are good. Diablo's doing some good stuff. Good job, Diablo. Yeah. Uh, Also, since we're talking about Diablo, we should mention, this comes up every so often, but we did a story about it a couple of weeks back. Um, they, They basically have put back up the job listing that they had when they were just before they did the StarCraft remaster. They they're looking for someone for that basically that again, and this makes us think that it's possible we're going to finally get either a Diablo two or a Warcraft three remaster along the same way. If you if you saw the StarCraft remaster, it isn't a huge change so much as it's just a graphical update. It's kind of a subtle it's, graphical update, yeah. Yeah, and so we're wondering if we'll get a Diablo two with a graphical update or a Warcraft three with a, with a graphical update. It's, it's it's not just a graphical update. They also make the game run properly on modern OSs because right now if you run like you know if you run StarCraft on on a current computer sometimes it can be kind of wonky because it's it's built on like a much older operating system so there's there's Warcraft, some updates Warcraft hmm? 3 is um like the cinematics I know have trouble playing like you'll get the sound but it'll just be a black screen sometimes 
on yeah. modern consoles. I can't it's, I can't talk about like Warcraft three because I haven't tried playing that recently. But I have Warcraft Beyond the Dark Portal over there that I've tried to run recently, and my computer is so much faster than my old computer that ran the, the game originally that it runs the game at like triple speed. Like, the little guys run around really fast. It's very hard. To, it's like you have to tell it, oh, no, slow this down. Wow. Like, Look, I'll help you. I'll run it faster. Isn't it better when a program runs faster? Not when it's a game. No. Got to go fast. Yeah. Sanic so, fast. So it's it's interesting that they've done the listing again. We don't know. It, it, we have no idea if we're going to get any kind of announcement on that anytime soon. But that is something. These days, yeah. I need to stream because I have... Um, do you remember the, the the Warcraft adventure thing that never came out? The I, I was just thinking about that. I have Point it. and click with Thrall. Yeah, I got that too. I have it. I keep thinking that maybe it, I should stream that at some point just it, for giggles, but I don't know easy. if it'll run. Oh, it, it ran fine on mine, and I got okay. you know I have Windows 10. I'm wondering if like Twitch would even stream that, if OBS would pick it up. I don't know. I'll have to find out. I, if I it does, maybe I'll stream it. that at some point in the future, because that was... Um, Maybe maybe they're something. going to make that one. <laughs> yeah. Somehow I don't um, think Deathwing on a hookah is going to make it to anything. I don't think so either. <laughs> um, final thing to point out with that is the last time this job opening was posted, um, it was like a year and a half or two between the job posting and a StarCraft remaster announcement. So like, don't expect anything anytime soon. It's just or or expect something soon and be disappointed. I I don't really care. You do you what you do. Want. You live your best life. Okay. But uh, one thing we know that's happening, we're going to talk about other things that happened today first, but um, right now we know that Horizon Lunar Colony map is live today, yep. right now in Overwatch. I got the patch and everything. Yeah. If you want to go to the moon and find out what happened to those crazy gorillas, the mission is go. You can go. It's, you can go it's an assault map. And, um, you can go play the assault map with the yep. wonky gravity and all. Um, yeah. The other thing we might want to mention in conjunction with this, because this just came out like um, very short time ago. If you have a Twitch Prime subscription, or if you're thinking about getting a Twitch Prime subscription, that's when you connect Twitch to your Amazon Prime account. You can get loot boxes, and they're giving away. I think it's like five loot boxes in August and five in October. But beyond that, if you go ahead and link your accounts, or if you do, if you already have Twitch Prime, you can log in to claim the code. You can get a golden loot box, and the golden loot box guarantees you a legendary, a legendary oh, item. Golden legendary. Yes, but not the Hearthstone kind. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend. Well, should we like also mention the other Twitch news then? Which like that just came out that Twitch has secured the rights to various Blizzard games. No, let's nope. not talk about that. What? Okay. I didn't see that. Anyway, okay. So that's obviously something I'm going to have to look into when we're done here. But go, um, go ahead and TLDR us, Rossi. I just did. That was it. Yeah. Okay. But what do you mean by secured the rights? Well, according to the the post that we had in work chat, I mean they've locked up exclusive distribution of several Blizzard esports properties. Oh, esports. Uh, okay. Yeah. Including the Korean-based Overwatch Apex League. So I wonder if that includes Heroes of the Dorm, because it'd be great if I didn't have to like look at Facebook. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't watch Heroes of the Dorm this year because of, I hate Facebook. My dad was so disappointed that it wasn't going to show up on TV. <laughs> yeah. I, I was disappointed. Everyone was disappointed. Shame on you, Blizzard. Yeah. Just, just kidding. You disappointed my dad. He was very sad. Yeah. Sad dad is no good. Anyway, but no, so Twitch is apparently going to be streaming these esports things, which is great. 
because mm-hmm. Twitch is really good at that kind of thing. Um, well, plus, as we pointed out previously, Facebook looked to be the only place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that. The uh, So the golden loot box, all you have to do to do that is you... If you if you have Twitch Prime already, you can go over to Twitch Prime and it's in where you get your other rewards. There's a link there that you can click. It'll generate a code for you, tell you where to you know redeem that code, and then you can go pick up the box in game. I got a Safari Winston skin, so I'm really happy. <laughs> I didn't have that I, one. I need to check because that that sounds cool. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, and it's not just the one legendary item you get. It, it's it's a complete loot box. You have four things in there. It's just one of those things is guaranteed to be a legendary, which I think is pretty great. Um, I don't, I don't. We've never seen that before. We've never seen golden loot boxes before. So I'm wondering if those are be- going to become a thing where every now and again, as a promotional thing, you'll be able to get a golden one. That would be pretty cool. It'd I'm okay with neat. that. I, I would be okay with that. All right. Anyway, um, I just wanted to mention thing. that while we were talking oh. about Overwatch. I, I have one more thing of news, but you can do the other last thing if you want, Rossi. Oh, go. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, we posted this like a week or so ago, and it hasn't been confirmed yet, but we might be getting the summer splash event in um, Heroes next week as well, in addition to the Necromancer. Oh, is that next week, you it, think? It's uh, data mining points to next week. There's nothing confirmed, but uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, which has the sexy Tyka skin and uh, tracer with water balloons that will explode. And the water guns and, and all of that. Apparently, a like a pool themed brawl with bikini stitches who bay. I mean, need I say more? Exactly. No, no please don't. <laughs> I don't hey. want to hear any more bikini sketches. Okay. I'm thinking of a word that Anne doesn't like. Yeah, yes, I think sure you, you need to not say that word. Anyway, so. <laughs> Yeah, the last thing to mention is actually a two-part thing. One is that, you know, as Ann already mentioned, patch 7.2.5 came out last week while we weren't here, so that should be mentioned. That's live now. Uh, This week, as in right now, the Tomb of Sargeras is live, as as we're recording this. It has already been beaten, and the cinematic, probably for normal or heroic mode, because that's the only two modes that are out, um, has already been witnessed. There's uh, if you've If you've seen it, yeah, that happened. Uh, if you haven't seen it, nothing go... happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, obviously stuff happens. Come Keep on. Keep in mind that um, LFR for Tuma Sargeras that opens next Tuesday, as well as Mythic. So the only two modes that are available right now are normal and heroic. Um, yeah. Get yourself and, in a uh, normal raid. If there's if there's a special Mythic version of the fight, we don't know much about it yet. But uh, yeah, LFR won't, LFR won't open the last fight for a couple of weeks at least. I think it's like close to a month. It's uh, August. Yeah, so more like two months. Yeah, if it's so, anything like if it's anything like how Nighthold released, it's going to be a while before we see the end boss. Yeah, but um, you know, right now uh, the we the the raids. Effectively, the raid has been beaten. We we have seen the cinematic. We know how it ends. If you've watched it, if not, well, that's out there. You you'll get to see it when you either do the fight or when you do see the cinematic for yourself. Just be but, fair yeah. warn- Be forewarned. There are spoilers out there. People are going to be talking about this. So yeah, I did make a a spoiler chat in Discord as per requested because people want to talk about it. So there's that well, if you want to talk. That's good. Yeah, you can go to the but, you know, watch Discord if you want to and talk in the spoiler channel. But don't but, uh, spoil it anywhere else because that makes you a duty face. 
But you should be aware, like, not just the Tumas Garrus is out this week. Uh, there's also been a lot of class changes through hotfixes because they did some. And they, they released 7.25 a week early, so people have time to get used to their class changes. Uh, also, this week, in addition to that, with the tomb opening, you can now, if you open a, an emissary chest or do your mythic or whatever, uh, your legendary can will drop at 970 instead of 940. They've bumped up the level of legendaries to 970. The uh, upgrade quest is now in the game. Uh, you you can start the upgrade quest to upgrade your current there, legendary there's to 970. There's been a little confusion about that. I think it's working now, though. I think you just have to talk to a dude in the blacksmithing place. In the blacksmithing this... place, yeah. he's got He's got a quest, and you accept the quest, and you get writhing essences, I think is what they're called. Yeah, it's yeah. I want to say writhing. I picked up some of them today just through emissary caches from doing world quests and things like that. They do not drop from the Paragon caches. They only drop from the emissary caches. So if you oh, have an emissary up, yeah, I think that's because they don't want to force people to grind Paragon reputation if they don't want to. Thank God. And you know, if they put writhing essences in those Paragon boxes, people would feel like they are now obligated to grind Paragon rep. They don't want people to feel like they're obligated to grind that. It's just a bonus thing. So emissary caches, you know, the ones where, that you get where you complete four world quests in a zone and you pick up that thing. It has those in there. And then I think it's like the mythic chests. Yeah, the mythic mythic thing you get every week. And then Sir. there's one other place that it comes from and I can't remember off the top of my head. But I thought it was uh, one of the raids, wasn't it? Nighthold, I thought? It might be from this. Tomb of Sargeras then with the riding ones. It might be from Tomb of Sargeras where you can get them. But yeah. <laughs> Um, the quests that they send you on, you need 50 of them for one upgrade item. I don't know if additional ones require more than 50 or not. I um, think it's the same as last time, or it's just going to be 50 every single yeah. item. Okay. So that's it, how that works. It's also um, worth t- pointing out, in addition to those changes, uh, in addition to the new legendaries, that there's a... If you're doing Mythic Plus, this week's this week's uh, chest at the uh, beginning of the reset will be plus 10 but it, as next next week if you go you can go up to mythic plus 15 and have a chest that gives up to mythic plus 15 gear they've made a change to that so that'll start if you do your mythic this week up to plus 15 it'll get you there the the chest that you plus, get next week will be with plus 15 plus, plus 15 is the new high level you want to do for maximum weekly cash basically yeah so it's it's now up to plus 15 so next week, if you do it, if you do your mythics at plus fifteen, you'll get a, a mythic plus fifteen chest next week. So that's you know that's pretty much everything for this week um, in terms of news or everything we have. And so I guess we move on to emails then. So Anne, do you mind reading the emails for us? You want to tell people how to email us? No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've done it so many times no. if you have an email for us uh, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com please put um, podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for this show and uh, if you can try and keep them relatively short so they can be read on the air just as conveniently as possible we re- we appreciate that because you know we do have to read the emails to people so we want to try to get as many of them in as possible and the shorter they are the more we can get in presumably Okay. So, first email is from Alessander, who says, Hi, Watchers. What happened to Gen's queen? I remember escorting her carriage to safety in Gilneas, and there may have been young children with her. I can't remember. Is she alive? Is she cursed? Is she in game somewhere? Thanks. Um, That would be Mia, Greymane. And, yeah, Mia... A bunch of stuff happened to Mia. Um, In the short story... Which... What was that short story? 
Lord of His Pack? Is that what was that one? Was yeah, Lord of His Pack. Lord mm-hmm. of His Pack. In the short story, Lord of His Pack, you actually she's on the boat, um, and Gen was like on a different ship. Anyway, uh, Mia, her leg was broken, if I remember correctly, but she made it safely to Teldrassil, and then beyond that, we haven't seen her. Presumably, she's like in Stormwind, hanging out with Gen. Only Gen's on the Broken Shore now, so who knows where she's at, really? Actually, she's not in game <laughs> anywhere. Once you once you leave Gilneas and you travel across the sea to Kalimdor, you don't see her again. Which is but kind of alive. pity. She is alive. Yes, she's not dead. She yeah. is alive. Canonically, this is the story. She's alive, and you know the last time she's mentioned is the boat, as Anne said. It's she isn't even mentioned to go into Stormwind with him, but. It's, we can assume that she did. Yeah. If she... you've ever watched Game of Thrones, it's kind of like Gendry. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear Gendry. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a pity, actually, because I, I, she's the only. I think she's the only human queen in game, really. She's the only mother in game. She's, she's... the only mom in game. <laughs> well, I know because you have Agra, but Agra doesn't quite count, and Varisa's Varisa. mom. But Theresa doesn't quite count. Uh, Mia is the only, like, I think that Gen and Mia are the only ruling couple beyond maybe Tyrande and Malfurion, but I don't think they really count. I don't think they really count either. So, you know, as far as the human kingdoms go. The more you guys hate on on Tyrande and Malfurion, the more I like them just because you all hate them. Okay, well, the fact that everybody, uh, I'm talking to Mitch here. He just it's it's yet it's yet more bandwagon jumping where everybody just dumps on the guy. The more it happens, the I don't more dump I on Tyrande. I question her choice in men, but I mostly and... just dump on Tyrion. <laughs> there you go. The more you guys do it, the more I defend him. Anyway, so yeah, Mia's one of those characters that I kind of wish would actually make a reappearance, just because she's kind of unique in that mm-hmm. aspect. Um, and I sort of wonder what she's doing while Gen is off hunting down Sylvanas and jumping off of roofs and being shirtless. Like, where is <laughs> Which, she? Where is she? frankly, we could use her just because there's got to be somebody in Stormwind with actual practical ruling experience advising, you know, Anduin all those times Gen's off doing crazy stuff. Someone's got to be telling him, oh, no, this is how you do an actual thing a king does. Because he hasn't got anyone else. Yeah. It would be, you know, it would be nice to see it. Here's how you if do the else. paperwork, sweetie. I know how to yeah. do it. Let me teach you. Like that kind of I thing. I want to go off in my hood and be hidden, Mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doing... You never let me out of the keep. Uh, he gets out of yeah. the keep plenty. He gets out of the keep too much, is it, quite frankly. <laughs> Every time I see him All leave the keep. my friends are out of the keep more, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's our... He's the emo ruler that we needed. No. Um, all right. So hopefully that answers. Well, it doesn't really answer your question. She is alive. We don't know if she's cursed. I'm going to assume that she's not cursed because it's no, never been she's... mentioned. No, she wasn't cursed. It was cause... never mentioned. Um, yeah. And the last time you see her in game is in Gilneas and then you never see her again. I, I wish that they'd just reinstate her somewhere. Like they don't even have to give her an active role. Just put her somewhere so that she's visible. I kind of actually hope they do give her an active role. Like, she just shows up at the end of a major lore point. It's like, I've been here the whole time. Well, you've even got Tess. Like, Tess is actively doing stuff now. So it's like, okay, well, Tess is actively doing stuff. Gen is actively doing stuff. Where is Mia? 
And she she's just following eating. Tess around, you know, complaining <laughs> that she's risking herself. Is she just like, I mean, is she out having brunch with people or so? I don't know what queens do. Anyway, I, I assume that there's brunch involved. Oh, there has to be. <laughs> All right, next email is from Andreas, who says, Hi, guys, are the different magic schools of Warcraft, Nature, Frost, Arcane, Firefell, etc., different kinds of magic, or the same magic drawing power from different sources? Love the podcast, Andreas. I would argue different kinds of magic, at least in some cases. Fell is very different than other kinds of magic because it is born out of the destruction, the utter destruction of light and void. It's when they completely annihilate each other that, that fell is created. That's why you can make fell out of destroying souls. Like, literally, there's a reason that soul engines... The Legion has soul engines because they're making more fell out of, you know, ch- you know, very slowly chewing up your soul. That's the whole bit. That whole bit like, from the Warcraft movie where they were talking about the Draenei that were all, like, in cages and stuff, and he said, oh, it's fuel for the fell. That's a literal statement. They are fuel mm-hmm. for the fell to generate it. Yep, that's where fell comes from. To add to this point, I don't... Well, maybe add to this point. There's a quest you have to do for one of the artifact weapons where, like, you have to activate different runes. And, like, if you activate the wrong ones, like, from wrong schools of magic, they basically destroy you. And I would think if they ultimately came from the same source that that might not be true, but I don't know. Well, I, I, I agree with you, your assessment anyways, regardless of that quest. I mean, I think that, you know, some magic, I mean, I don't think arcane and nature and frost and so forth necessarily come from different. Those are literally just different schools. But it's clear that light, void and fell are completely different things. And if you if light, if light and void hit each other in exact equal and opposite amounts, they destroy each other utterly. And that creates fell. Fell is literally born out of the annihilation of those two forces. Is a discipline priest? Hmm? No, those because those are no, those do not. <laughs> Nobody cares about priests, Mitch. <sighs> I would argue, but I agree. <laughs> but no, in terms of like, you know, you can see some magic comes from the same stuff. Like mages tend to use, you know, ultimately what mages use is arcane magic. And they use it either through raw application of magic or they use it to channel frost or fire magics. Um, druids use a kind of nature magic that seems similar to what shamans use. And shaman stuff seems similar to what, you know, monks use to a degree. So there's some overlap. But I, I definitely think some of the stuff is very different. Like, fell seems way different than anything else. Fell almost seems like anti-magic. Like, it is eating other forms of, of power to, to create itself. That it's would explain why anti-magic shell is green. <gasps> Ooh. Maybe you Ooh. stumbled upon a theory, Mitch. That's actually not a bad theory. That's a pretty good theory. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think that there are different schools of magic, as in different kinds of magic, and I don't think that they draw power from different... I think that people draw power in order to utilize those different schools of magic. Like, that would be why we have Leylands and Mana. That's where you get, you know, the energy and the power to pull from those various schools. But I think that they're separate things. I don't don't think they're the same magic from different sources. But do we... We don't... I mean, outside of the fell thing, we don't do we have an official answer anywhere in lore? Um, other Is than it... that big cosmology chart in the beginning Chronicle. of Chronicle that kind of clearly points out that there's like <laughs> different areas and kind of schools and they definitely don't, you know, they don't, they aren't on top of each other or anything. I would say that that clearly indicates that they're kind of a separate thing. Um, but has yeah. anybody ever flat out said this? No, I don't think it's ever come up. I don't think anybody's ever really questioned it's, that it's... before. Yeah. And reading the question, it took me a second to kind of make the distinction anyways. Okay. 
But. All right. So our next email is from Baragorn, quote unquote. I got legendary pants. I will never hear the end of that on Cadgar, who says, hi, folks. He's got two questions here, so we're just going to answer them one at a time. He says, first question, Thrall forced the elements to help in his Magora against Garrosh and broke the rules of the fight. I get that, but why would Azerothian elementals care? Wouldn't they have been rejoicing after what Garrosh did to them and Theramore? Or do all elementals hang at the same nightclub? Oh, I have a theory, but give us um, your theory, Rossi. Basically, it's not that he—it's not that he cheated to get the Macora that bothers them. They're not the Macora rule keepers. It's that he made them do it against their, you know, inclination. They weren't going to take part because, as the Macora has rules, they were going to stay out of it. He made them do it. He didn't ask them for help. That's the shot that he's not a dark shaman. Dark shaman force elementals to do their bidding. And when the shaman, the elementals won't help, they inflict suffering upon them until they do, which is what so, Garage's dark, which is what Garage's dark shaman did. When Thrall used that method, when he compelled the elementals against their will, he broke the protocol or agreement, if you want to, that shaman are supposed to live by. That so kind of the sacred bond between yeah. shaman and the elements. The elements sort of are on it. Yeah, elementals aren't listening to him not because they're concerned about Garrosh, but because it's it's sort of like going into someone's house as a guest, and then you know they're like you know hey would you like something to eat and you're like yeah and I'm taking all of it you know okay and, and, but um I, we're I'm assuming then this means that the elements transcend realities because he was on an alternate reality yeah but it doesn't matter because it's not like the elementals can't tell who you are by looking into you they don't have they knew what guldon was the second they just even like investigated him once thrall did that he did it and he knew he did it so the next time he tried to talk to elementals the elementals are getting are getting that they know what he did. It doesn't have to be some elemental doesn't have to come from Draenor or knock on the elemental door and Azeroth and they go, guys, Thrall did a bad thing. It's part of him. It is so, who he so is. So in your example, it's kind of like, you know, coming home after being the jerk in someone else's house and you got that guilty look on your face and mom's like, what did Why you do, you do boy? Why do you have a cake in your pants? No yeah. reason. I just like cake. You like pants cake. Yeah. You, you stole that cake, didn't you? Yeah. Well, you can't have any more cake then. It's, it's like example. that. It, uh, yeah, and I think I think that theory that I think what happens directly after that fight kind of lends credence to that theory because when you go to talk to Thrall after that cinematic plays, it says that he doesn't want to talk to you right now. Is he's very quiet? He's thinking about something and he doesn't want to talk. And I feel like he's probably pondering the magnitude of what he just did because just for a split second there just a split second he let vengeance take over and he became a dark shaman very briefly but it happened um and he he knew it was wrong um side note i'm totally picturing one of the mass effect nightclubs with all the like elemental mounts just like getting jiggy like just hanging out just hanging out yeah let's (laughs) picture that meeting up with asari okay so anyway uh what are you doing here neptalon what you th- that squid brought you in here months ago. You're supposed to be do. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. That's where I've been I'm- the whole time, guys. Didn't you get the memo? <laughs> I went to <sighs> Omega. I was hanging out with Arya. Anyway, <laughs> uh, just to answer that anytime someone asks where Neptalon was, <laughs> he was on he was on Omega. 
hanging out at Afterlife. Okay, uh, so second question here. Just randomly, did the Elementals really forgive the Orcs? I can't help but wonder if, since Thrall was born on Azeroth, if that didn't make him more attuned to Azeroth's Elementals, allowing him to become a shaman once he was shown how. His teachers could then have relearned how to communicate with Azerothian Elementals, which in theory should have had no knowledge of what they did back on Draenor, unless, of course, the nightclub theory holds true. Again, you know, if that were the case, then when they went back to Draenor in BC and it was Outland, the shamans would have lost their powers again because the, sh- the there's no reason the elementals on, on Outland would have forgiven or forgotten since their world got torn apart. And when you talk to them in the Grand, they're very much aware that their world got torn apart and they're, they've changed the way they operate. They, they even talk about it. Um, no, they, they were forgiven. They were given a second chance. That's... It's made pretty explicit in Lord of the Clans, if you read it, that Thrall's when he f- comes to the element, it's the it's the f- the mysterious fifth element, the element of spirit, the one that's almost completely used up on Azeroth that talks to Thrall. It's not elementals from any of the four others. It's that fifth wild element that directly addresses him and says, you know, without words, you're going to get another chance. You know, through you, your people and will get another chance. And it's just. Thrall, because Drek'thar has been trying, and Drek'thar teaches him about being a shaman, but I don't think we see Drek'thar really do anything too shaman-ish until Thrall oh, yeah. kind of... Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's uh, Drek'thar prepares him, but Drek'thar can't talk to the elements until Thrall has done so. Thrall, Thrall kind of paved the way for the rest of them to relearn it. Mm-hmm. No, it's... They are... It's Forgiven is probably not the right word... Because it's not like the elements have that kind of relationship. It's more of a mutual respect thing. When the orcs are willing to offer that respect back to the elements, the elements will give it back to them. But they, after what they went through, and keep in mind that the orcs came to, out to Azeroth and immediately started doing horrible fell things. So it's not like Azeroth's elements were any better disposed towards them. Thrall had to basically sit, look, you know, look into me. You can see what I am. And that's what they did. And that's... Part I feel of like the to a degree part... too. I feel like to a degree too that maybe they realized that Thrall was kind of setting himself up to be this leader, even if he didn't know it yet. Yeah, that's probably so. They figured, that. okay, this guy is good. We're okay with him, and he's going to usher in a new age. And it's got nothing to do with all of the horrible things that they did before this. So we'll go ahead and give him a second shot. What's more interesting is that you know it's probably down to player horde shaman that the elements didn't turn again uh, in during Siege of Orgrimmar because Garrosh and his Dark Shaman basically broke that agreement in a big way. Like, they used techniques stolen from the Tonka and the other ones stolen from Pandarian races like the, like the Yongal who don't respect the elements at all. No, they just That's, force them to do whatever. And so it's, it's interesting. It's probably down to, like, you know, rep, the shaman who were in, you know, uh, oh, Vol'jin. Sorry, I keep wanting to say Garage, but Vol'jin's Rebellion, the shaman that were still there, the troll shamans and so forth. Uh, and that's also to be pointed out. There's shaman in the Horde who were never part of the Orcish Bargain. There's Torin and, and Troll and now Goblin and, of course, Pandaren shamans as well. I think everybody except the Blood Elves can be a shaman. And no, Undead can't be either. So four out of six, right? Yeah, yeah no. I don't. I don't think somehow. I don't think that the uh, elements want much to do with the Forsaken. Yeah, so it's it's, <laughs> it's goblins. Who, you know, gob, goblins have. You'll notice that goblins, for all that they're not, you know, goblins aren't very nice people. 
goblins work with the elements just fine because they they still make respected deals. They treat them like, you know, you have something I want, I have something you want, we'll work together. That's for all that goblins are predatory, they can reach an arrangement. And that arrangement's perfectly fine by the elements. They don't make necessarily moral judgments. They don't care necessarily if you're going to do something quote unquote evil. They care if you're going to do something that destroys the balance that makes, you know, the elements unworkable. That's when they get involved. Thrall's transgression wasn't necessarily an evil act, but it was one that violated the the terms of the arrangement. He didn't respect them anymore. He forced them. That's, you know, the difference. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the questions there, Bergeron. And our next question is from Spencer Beard, who says, Hey, watchers. Um, LD Soth, Frosty K here, had a quick question about the Twisting Nether. As far as we know, the only living entities that have come out of the Twisting Nether are demons. Chronicle Volume 1, however, states that the Twisting Nether was formed in a rupture where light and shadow bled together. That suggests that there may be denizens native to the Nether that are of the light. What are your thoughts about that, and what do you think those creatures might be? Thank you, Spencer Beard. I don't necessarily... Hang on. What? Um, well, because there's, there's the dude who appears... You mean I, Lothraxian? I he's, yeah, he's still Lothraxian. a demon, right? Lothraxian is a demon, but Lothraxian is very specifically converted by the light. He's not a demon not, from the oh, light. Okay. That he's that was converted. the one thing I was thinking of that I couldn't... I, I wrote yeah. a KYL about this a while, like two weeks ago, and one of the points I made was that it stated in Chronicle that the, the Twisting Nether is created by the bleed of light and and void energies annihilating each other. Not just that they're in there mixing. They're not mixing. They're, they're destroying each other. And when they do, the fell is born. So I guess it's theoretically possible, but it sounds an awful lot like what you're getting is when you mix, you know, matter and antimatter together. They explosively annihilate each other. When light and void hit in exactly equal amounts, they just destroy each other and you get fell out of it because you get fell is what's created by that death by the, the total destruction of those two forces. So I don't think it's very likely. That's just me, though. It Who could knows? be a, an interesting opportunity, though, even if, you know, it's not canon yet. Like, it could be something to explore on Blizzard's end. I wouldn't be against it. What, that there's something in the Twisting Nether that's good? Or, yeah, or just not even good, just not necessarily a demon. Yeah, I don't really think that there's going to be anything but demons out there, though, because, like Rossi was saying, you know, the whole place is kind of, it's like, born of that destruction so what thing could really live in that aside from a demon you know demons are kind of entities of chaos almost i guess if you want to call them yeah that. yeah anyway interesting question thank Good you question. Spencer Beard. um we've got i think we've got time for one more here and i believe that this last one we will be talking about it for a little while <laughs> <laughs> This is from Vindrios, arms warrior of the Q Nesiguera US, who says, Hello, watchers. I keep seeing people on forums and in-game saying that professions are the worst they've ever been, but I like them more than ever. Shared taps, we have quest lines and lore, and now we can craft raid-level gear and even legendaries. We can make more mounts, and we can gather mats from the creatures we encounter, more so than ever before. So, are professions winning or losing in Legion? What are your thoughts? Love Blizzard Watch 2.0, and thanks for all that you do, Vindrios. Professions, folks. What do we think about professions? Have you been working on your professions? See, yeah, I I, I want to go after you guys because I have a lot to say, but I don't want to like run over anyone. So, Mitch, go. I haven't been focusing on. I I never really focus on professions. It's kind of one of the reasons I usually stick with gathering professions is because I 
don't really have to focus on them too much unless I want to farm money or farm items to make money. Um, they're better than Warlords, that's for sure. I think in Warlords, it, they lost the individual meaning behind them because everyone could kind of do a little bit of everything. I think some of them... Some of the quests are okay, but some some of it feels a little too grindy. Like, the different ranks of the different herbalism and mining and all that stuff feels a little more gated than maybe it needs to be. Um, I, I don't think they're horrible, but again, I don't really mess with professional that much. Like, I, my alts never really mess with professions. And my main sticks to the easy ones. And anytime I really do use professions, it's because I either want to mount or because I want gold. Um, so I don't hate them. Here's my deal with professions. Back when I was raiding regularly, all the way up through Mists of Pandaria, I kept my professions very current. I learned everything that there was to learn. And I was very completionist about the whole thing, about getting recipes and making sure I had them all and that kind of thing. That kind of slipped by the wayside in Warlords because I feel like Warlords broke them. And it broke them in a bad way. Um, on the one hand, it was really convenient to be able to kind of make a little bit of everything through the garrison. On the other hand, it felt like you weren't really doing anything significant with your profession. You were just making NPCs do it. And you didn't really... To me, it didn't seem like there was really much point in doing it. Um, particularly yeah. since a lot of those pieces, you know, you could upgrade those pieces, but you'd still get better from raiding. It, it that, and that's that's one of the things brought up in the, the question. I don't necessarily... Like, now you can make legendaries, which is... Which is great. A, which, which is not a bad thing. But, yeah. uh, you know, still, outside of the legendaries, I'm not sure there's much you can make that's better than... Like, I, I don't know how much of the gear is actually worth it. Like This is, this is what I had done, a problem with, right? Yeah. While I was leveling, I wasn't really focusing on professions. And the reason why I wasn't was because I was busy leveling. So by the time I got to the point where I could make gear for myself through my professions, I had already gotten better gear just through other means. So it didn't really feel like there was a point to even start trying to gather all of these materials and do all of this stuff. Now I have made some stuff like, you know, I made the toys and things with jewel crafting, um, the engineering, I still haven't got engineering maxed out. Um, yeah, I don't know why I just, I don't have it maxed out. I, I need to buckle down and work on it, I guess. My, my priest's mining is at like 791 out of 800. Like, I yeah, yeah. It just hasn't just really been a priority. Think... Now have the quest been fun? Yeah. I had fun with the quest. There was this cool chain where I had to hunt down all this stuff to get like for Reeves to get the Blingtron add on. Um, there was like a cool quest chain that I had to go do to get all of that stuff and get the recipe for it. But I can't actually learn that recipe until I've maxed out engineering, which <laughs> I haven't done yet. So it's just sitting in my bank until I can use it, I guess. Yeah, I shoot. I, I had something I was going to say and I'm, I'm blanking. What were you saying a, like a second ago? Um, the stuff oh, that I made. The, the gear. Like, yeah. I think I think the problem isn't entirely profession's fault. It's more that Blizzard has made getting gear from whatever aspect of the game. Like, I get better gear from world quests than I can make yeah, with engineering. Yeah, it's getting gear is, you know, no offense to people who disagree, but it's easier than it's ever been in the game, I think. Like, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. I don't raid not, and I'm still over 900 eye level. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. It's just it makes it a lot more difficult for professions to stay relevant when 
that's the state of the game where you can get gear from other sources. I, I feel like, um, and maybe this is just rose-colored glasses, but Burning Crusade, I think, had professions feel very strong. Like, I remember Burning Crusade was when I, I, I liked got my... professions in Burning Crusade. Yeah, I, I got my rogue, like, the updated maces or whatever from blacksmithing because they were so powerful. But again, my rogue didn't really have another means of getting weapons, whereas now, in the same situation... Uh, I could just do, well, we have artifacts, but if it were gear or something, like, I could just do world quests or anything, really. I mean, there's yeah, there's, you, like, the upgradable, stuff... so, sorry, upgradable weapon, upgradable gear in this expansion requires you to, to deal with the uh, Obliterum Forge, and you it's basically... It's elegant. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, you can you can just keep grinding and grinding and grinding and getting the thing up higher and higher, but, or you could just... Gather, gather up some nether shards and you'll get an 880 piece with a chance for it to be up to 900, 910 from one I, guy. God, the thing, I totally forgot about the forge too yeah, and I and hadn't thing, done that on any character until they made it basically instantly unlockable. Yeah, I didn't the, do it on any character yeah. because it required a bunch of like quest folder all and doing dungeons and things and I'm like I don't even want to mess with that. I just don't want to that's not yeah. part of the game I want to mess with. Um, think the thing is, the things... is like all of the stuff that Vindrios is mentioning here the the shared taps, the quest lines, the lore, those are good things. Like, those things are good, and I like that they've been implemented, but it feels like they added all of this extra stuff to professions without making the actual items that you get from prof- professions... I can't talk. Without making the actual items that you get from professions any better, you know? It's like yeah. they, they fixed the process, but they didn't fix the end result and like, I, yeah rossi i'm sorry i'm gonna let you go because you, yeah, you had no, stuff ahead, to rossi. say so go ahead well i have two problems with professions in this expansion one of them is the fact that it feels like if you want to get the most out of them you have to dedicate yourself to them over other things like if you want to be really good and get your professions and get all the recipes you have to basically go to dungeons just to get the next level of the profession then go to a you know and you have to focus on this a lot and do all these quests, get all these special things. I've had drops drop for me in raid in dungeons and stuff where I had to then take it to this woman out in uh, Suramar who sticks like fell iron or whatever in my body. And then I have to find pieces of her friends and bring them to other people. It's like the the quests exist, but sometimes they're more they more overcomplicate things than they make anything useful. Like I'm just this is just me working on my mining. My mining is yeah. You know, it, why is my mining this elaborate? Why do I have to do all these steps to dig stuff out of the ground? That's not even crafting. That's just being better at digging stuff up. Um, and there's all that. There's like, you know, buying recipes off certain vendors and you have to figure out which vendors they are. Then there's buying the recipe again because you have like levels in the recipe. And it, it really does there's feel ranks like you have and to, each rank yeah. makes it cheaper to make the thing that isn't really worth it to make in the first place. And then you have to take a whole bunch of stuff to the Obliterum Forge and obliterate it and then use the things you get from that to make ne- the next item better. And it's just, there's a lot, a lot of, of dedication to this. I mean, I had like a set of uh, like 880 goggles that I got from crafting, but I didn't craft them myself. I bought them off the auction house because it was just easier. It cost me 50,000 gold. It probably would have cost me 50,000 gold to make the things. Between, or at least that much, the amount of time it would have taken me yeah, to make them. Yeah, the person that was selling those was not making a profit. Yeah, and it's just, so all the stuff you're saying is true. There's lots of good changes to professions, but they're not 
anything even remotely casual friendly. You have to kind of be a profession guy. Like you're working real hard at it and you're not, it's not generating gold for you. I I'd make more gold if I just sold all my materials. Like I have a bunch so, of materials in my bank. I would make more gold putting them on the auction house and selling them than in any way attempting to craft items to sell. Occasionally you'll get a sale for transmog purposes, but even then the transmog, if you, I've bought, epics for transmog purposes and i can get them for like two three thousand gold because you just wait till the price drops because nobody's buying them because they're not providing a, a, a mathematical improvement you know what i mean like if if you have a, i've seen like epic helmets for like 880 on the auction house an 880 helmet was really good before 7.2 dropped yeah but 7.2 comes out um you can get an 880 helmet with one you know with five thousand nether shards one invasion will get you an 880 helmet and you'll probably, you know, if the world boss is up, you can get a 900 helmet. It just... So how would you guys feel if professions, the rewards were, like, stupidly overpowered compared to what you could get in pretty much anything but, like, say, a mythic raid? Okay, here's here's my thing with professions, right? I think that trying to make professions produce something that is competitive with raid gear, quest gear, world quest gear, what have you, I think maybe that's the wrong tactic to be taking with them. And I think that maybe we have outgrown that purpose of professions, except for stuff like buff food and potions and things like that. I mean, we'll always have a use for those. But speaking particularly from a gear standpoint, I don't know if it's really worth it to be able to make gear that's that kind of a level because it if you if you make the profession gear too powerful then you devalue what you get in the raid. If you make the gear in the raid too powerful then you devalue what you're getting from the profession. So there's a balance there that has to be struck and I think they should just ignore that balance altogether. Take professions, rework them and make the rewards into something that isn't necessarily going to help with your performance but maybe work on a cosmetic level because people are nuts about transmog they are crazy about it they love pretty things so maybe have us make some stuff that's got unique models really cool models stuff that would make it worth it but not necessarily feel like it's competing with that whole area of of world quest rewards of mythic rewards of raid reward it's not competing with that area in terms of performance value it's just it's strictly cosmetic stuff that you're working on it's fun stuff that you're working on so those professions maybe they aren't contributing to your success as a character but they are fulfilling a purpose that has value to players does that make sense i would totally spend money or you know gold to if tailors could make a cloth armor like transmog set, transmog only, but you know how you can get cosmetic the armor stuff. Sets. Just have yeah. them make cosmetic stuff. Cool new models. Put your artists on making some really wacky, wild, cool designs of various things, and put that in as your profession stuff. You know. Yeah. I just I feel I, I like mean, I, having I them compete like idea. that, having them compete with this other gear, it's not working anymore. Quite frankly, no. that's pretty much what I use it for now. Anyway. There's a, yeah. a set of craft, there's crafted 835, 840 epic uh, plate that I bought the whole set, not because I, I needed it. I bought it for transmog. Um, I had, uh, you know, even when we were doing the, uh, the leveling stream and we were doing our Alliance characters, I, I got above 830, you know, like a week and a half of world questing. Yeah. You I, know, you don't, you don't need this I gear. Hit, I hit Here's... 110 on this character last night and he's 838 and Here... like 
Go yeah, ahead. you don't need you don't. Well, you don't need profession stuff. I mean, here's I, I the, could. Here's I really the reasoning to, that but... I have behind this, though, and I have a very distinct reason behind this. On my leveling stream characters, since we're talking about the leveling stream characters, right? I made my gold. I didn't make my gold through professions. I didn't make my gold through selling crafted items. I made my gold because I looted items that were very pretty and I put them on the auction house for outrageous amounts of gold and people paid it. That dong, the dong, dong, dong. That's where I got my gold from. And if people are going to pay that kind of gold for something that's pretty, well, then why not work that into the whole profession aspect of things? I, you know. It's just like back in Burning Crusade, you know, you talk about Burning Crusade and how Burning Crusade had really good professions and everything. But think about it. Where could you get gear in Burning Crusade? You could well, get it yeah, through raids, yeah, exactly. you could get it through dungeons, you could get it through heroics. And that was it. Um, and, you know, if you were doing the big raids, then that's where the best gear came from. Right now, there are so many different ways for you to get gear that it's kind of pushing professions to the side. So, yeah, I don't know. That's my suggestion. What do you guys think? Do you think that there's a different way that professions could work? Honestly, I don't really... I don't bother with them anymore, and I don't really think it's a point to work it, worry about making them work. One of the things that I always... What I would mean, make kinda, you we, bother with them? Let me, let me put it this way. Do you remember when you guys got really excited because you made a couch? Yes. Like, you, you made a yeah. couch. That couch was amazing. I that couch. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of thing where, like... For blacksmithing and in engineering, I feel like they're always going to make gear. So let them make gear almost immediately upon an expansion that's decent for a few levels. And as you level up, you can make better, decent gear. Not great gear, not amazing gear, but decent gear that's not super hard to make. And let that be your leveling stuff. And that's fine. When you get to 110... I'd be okay with cosmetic gear from like, you know, first blacksmithing and tailoring and so forth. Um, but I would also like it if you made other cool things. Um, toys are always a possibility. Fun junk. Like for instance, if blacksmiths made like a kind of like, you know, jousting dummy or something, uh, mounts are always cool. People are always going to want mounts, things that aren't gear because either they're going to make it so that blacksmithing gear is super competitive. And quite frankly, for all you guys are going on about how great burning crusade was, I had swordsmithing in burning crusade and I hated it. Yeah. The sword thing was kind of a pain in the butt <laughs> up, to upgrade those. First off that they made them, they locked them. So you could only get like, Oh, you make axes or you make swords or you make maces. Secondly, to make these things, you guys are forgetting how much you had to raid to get the materials to make those things. Because once you got the original like starter one and you wanted to upgrade it, you needed to raid and you needed to raid quite heavily. That's right, because Hyjal had like its own mining yeah. nodes in it, and and you needed the Nether Vortexes. Yeah, and you needed you know it was. I upgraded my sword all the way. I upgraded the Lionheart all the way to the Lionheart Executioner. I did that when BC was still like you know burning like Hyjal and and BT had just come out, so you could get weapons comparable to that sword if not a little bit better but that sword was still good it was a it was you you needed to 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 do that i had to raid so much to get that sword upgraded and then what did they do they put the badge vendor in (laughs) and immediately Mm, that badge badge vendor vendor, a lot of people had a problem with that badge vendor they put the one on the isle of queldenas in and he dropped he had items better and than anything than even black temple gear it was pretty ridiculous 
Yeah, he had Sunwell level gear, and it was like, oh god. So I spent all that time doing upgrading this thing for nothing because I just went and bought an axe off that guy, and it was better. So yeah, that I, sword looks feel... pretty cool, though. You have to admit, uh, it did. I still have it in my bank. I didn't get rid of it. It's I'm beautiful. Not, I, I, I don't vendor weapons. I don't care yeah. that I, you know, I, I keep them. So yeah, blacksmithing should, I think it should go along the line of cosmetic items. Absolutely. I think a lot of, a lot of professions should, but I think they should also make stuff. Like, I really feel like we were, we were heading in that direction with stuff like, you know, mounts and, you know, your weird couch that you guys love so much. <laughs> Toys. Or, you know, you know, toys, any stuff with like, where it's not going to matter as much. If it's not as good, cosmetic is sort of definitely a way to go. But I also think you should you should make it easier to make okay stuff. It doesn't have to be the best of the best. But if it's easy to make, then you're going to make that stuff that's kind of like, to use an ex- example, if when you hit 110, you could immediately craft a set of 850 gear, why shouldn't you be able to right now? 850 gear would be average. It wouldn't be you awesome. You can get but better it, at a world quest, but yeah, it'd be good. If you could, if you could make it immediately, you wouldn't have to do that thing where you go do world quests at like item level 790. And kind of and, struggle you know, through them. Yeah. You, you could start off at a better item level and you could get better gear and it would be fine. I, I feel like it's the amount of effort you have to put into getting the professions up that really makes it harder to use. So let's go back to Vindrios's question here and just because we do need to wrap up the show, but just to address his question directly. Are professions the worst that they've ever been? Or no, because I don't think they are. I think no, they're better than no. warlords. I think warlords are yeah, probably the worst I've ever seen them. Warlords are cataclysm, depending on the profession you had. There is one exception, though. I will say this: if you are an inscription guy or I'm a jewel so crafter, sorry if you're a scribe. Yeah, jewel crafters <laughs> are probably just about as bad as they we were are. In but they gave us they gave us some cool stuff. They gave us some cool stuff this time around, so it doesn't feel quite as useless. But Jewel crafting and warlords was pretty bad. <laughs> jewel crafting right now is probably slightly improved from warlords. Inscription right now is the worst it has ever been. It's I yeah. think Nomi sets a high bar for cooking though. That yes. I think we can all agree on. Yes. Nomi does. So yeah, um Vidrios, the the stuff that you brought up, that is good aspects. I mean there there are good things that they implemented, but like I said earlier, I think I feel like I feel like what they did here was that they made the process more interesting, but the end result really hasn't gotten any better. So it's not really worth it, even though the process is cool. I don't know. There's a little disparity there. We'll have to see if they actually address that in the future. Anyway, that wraps us wraps us up for emails and it also wraps us up for the show blizzard watch it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with either Blizzard Watch or podcast in the subject line so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. We will be here next week. 